Welcome back to another episode of Meredith with a Y. I am here with my amazing guest, friend, and just partner in crime, Allison McGuire. And today we are going to go back into really talking about things like the mind-body connection and how energy works. And she is going to pick my brain on how I use energy in appointments and in life and how then you can hopefully do the same through a little tips and tricks. So stay with me. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willett. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Allison, thank you so much for being here again today. You are definitely a trooper, and I'm super excited to talk about today's topic. So thanks for being here. I love it. I'm so excited about this topic today. It's one near and dear to my heart. And I can't wait to hear all of the amazing gems that we pull through. (laughs) The the gems is like literally the most appropriate comment because it's true. Like we just kind of, it's like, we just go down the path and pick up little things here and there. And then it takes us in another direction, which I'm sure people have heard over the last couple of weeks that we just kind of, unfortunately we squirrel, right? Like, oh, squirrel, go in that direction. Oh, squirrel, go in that direction. But it's hard to stay focus because we are using our intuition to kind of follow the path. So, so yeah, so today we're talking about kind of the mind-body connection and how energy works and how we as humans have to live inside of this avatar. Yeah. So we started to talk about it a little bit in a previous podcast. And one of the things I think is just so interesting is that, right, we're, we're these people who come down we're in this human body, but then there's this energy, this connection to source, which you've talked about in the past and uh, want to expand upon again, but we have that part of us. And then I often think about the energetic part of us as almost something separate and different, yet obviously is still so connected. So when you look at the mind-body connection, when you look at our connection to source, how that all interweaves itself, what do you see when you look at that? Well, I actually got a message on this and I talked about it in an appointment with someone just actually yesterday and they were, you know, they were discussing how they're sick and tired of being human. It's exhausting being human. They don't want to take part in money. They don't want to take part in work and they just want to go back to source and be done with all of this. And I totally get what they're saying because it is very, uh, it's a very dense experience being human and living on this planet. It a lot of times feel like we're toiling and toiling away and to what, to what reason, right? To what end game? And the way that it was shown to me was kind of like a video game was the best way to describe it. So if you're going to go play let's say some shoot 'em up video game where you, or even like a sports video game where you pick your player. So before you come into this experience, you're going to kind of pick your player and you've also picked earth. And with the game of earth, you look and you read your video game manual and it says, Hey, you're going to have to abide by certain rules, you know, gravity. You're going to have to abide by the rules of having a physical dense body and illness. You're going to have to abide by the rules of birth and death. And so we understood prior to coming here that we were going to abide by certain three-dimensional rules on this very dense planet 
with different um, races and foods and languages that were all going to be components to our, if you will, video game that is the human experience. And so when we get frustrated with things like money, which I do believe is on the precipice of change, what happens is, is that we kind of are reconfigured or we're, we have to be reminded like, okay, there needs to be an energy exchange. We have moved away from bartering. We are now using a dollar. And then maybe a couple of years from now, we're going to use cryptocurrency or another digital currency. And so we are signing up for these changes, but still by way of the same three-dimensional earthly bound human video game. I guess that's to me, the because I'm a very visual person, that's the easy, easiest way to describe how our existence plays into being on this planet and why we are the way that we are. Because I would, I mean, if it were up to me, and I, I played with this, you know, I played with this because I'm like, okay, well, like, I am so, like, in touch with my spirituality. I should just be able to heal myself as I think about it, right? And yes, that's true, and we're getting closer to that, I believe, it's been proven people are curing themselves from, you know, stage four cancer by way of. But I think that the large part of humanity isn't there yet. And that's why we are still adhering to these rules at this time. I believe the rules are changing because they need to, they have to for expansion. But at this time, could we do it? Yes. Do we believe we can do it? Not really. And mm-hmm. that is, I think that's, that's the point is that we're, 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 we're evolving, we're expanding, but we're not quite there yet. Right. Yeah. I think that's such a good visual that you give when you think about emotions or messages or connections to source, to your uh, higher self, whatever you want to call it, we get feelings right in our physical body. We get physical feelings because of emotions or because of energy. Can you talk a little bit about that and sort of how that works? Because to me, that's so interesting because some people can feel energy. Some people can see energy. You know, we can use our 3D senses to sense all of that, which is for the most part unseen by most people. So I would love to hear that. So this is such a a huge and amazing topic. And I'm glad you steered us over here because Basically, our bodies, okay, let's go back to the reference of the video game. So when you're in a video game, you have your visual, right? You're watching your person walk through a terrain and let's say they get blown up and your controller vibrates. There's some video games that the controller will actually vibrate, right? And so, you know, I was just blown up or I was just shot or the terrain has shaken for some reason and it's showing itself through this this video game controller. And so when we look at, let's say we're in a traumatic experience or we're in a negative experience, we're at a job that we don't like, we're at a relationship that we don't like, that is not healthy for us. So often we can see that, but it's not really tapped into until we start feeling the emotion of it. Like, boy, I really hate this job. I'm not getting paid enough. Okay. That's kind of like the first, the first understanding of I might not be where I'm supposed to be anymore. This job might not be working for mm-hmm. me, right? And then every time we go into work, we kind of we see this in children, right? 
upset stomach. Like that's a telltale sign that a kid's having an issue at school, the upset stomach. Or then you start getting headaches. Every time you go into work, you get a headache. But then miraculously, you go on a you know seven-day vacation to Cancun. The headache's gone. Your stomach's fine. Feel like a million bucks. Go back to work. The headaches start up again, so on and so forth. So what is happening is, is that you are not listening to yourself and reacting to the stimulus of the negativity. And so now your body is starting to take on physical illnesses, if you will, anxiety, depression, sick stomach, headaches, et cetera, to try to really, really relay the message that this situation is not working for you anymore. So the way that the the, the body is working is that, and, and what we've learned is that the number one cause of disease and death at this time, I should say disease because I don't know the number one cause of death, but the number one cause of disease at this time is inflammation, period. Doesn't matter where in the body, it's inflammation. I'm not sure if I've talked about it on this podcast before, but Dr. Candace Pert, she was a scientist for the United States government. She started understanding and learning and recognizing and discovered these receptors that send from the brain to the body inflammation. So imagine you break your ankle, your brain gets stimulated, it sends inflammation as swelling to the ankle, right? Well, what she learned is, is that even if there's not a physical trauma in the body, the brain can still send these receptors to any parts of the body and it is based on the emotional situation the person is going through. So, for example, these things travel in packs. This is going to be thick, so stay with me, okay? So back in the 90s, everyone had ulcers. Then as we move forward, everyone had carpal tunnel syndrome, chronic fatigue, rheumatoid arthritis. They've proven that rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis is inflammatory and that when people get uh, mental health help that it can be reduced. So again, inflammation. Okay. So these illnesses travel in packs because the brain looks around society and says, now this is not, you're not doing this in your prefrontal cortex. This is not conscious. This is sub subconscious. Okay. You have no control over this. So your brain looks around society and goes, ah, uh-huh. I can't take a week mental health day because my boss will fire me and my you know, spouse will think I've lost my damn mind and go lay in bed for a week because I'm overwhelmed about bills or building a house or my relationship. But this is what the brain's doing. But all these people have plantar fasciitis and can't walk. All these people have, they've thrown their back out. And so the brain finds these socially acceptable situations and then uses it accordingly in what it believes is your best for your best self so that you can finally get a break. I hope I explained that correctly. You are not yeah, doing this. Okay. You're not doing this because you want to take a week off. You are doing this because your brain is doing this to you because it thinks it's saving you from being overwhelmed or overworked or not taking a break. And because you won't take Which a break- Which causes inflammation. Right. And so the brain sends inflammation to different parts of the body 
based on socially accept- acceptable physical problems that your brain and the world around you understands so that you can get the mental and emotional break that you actually need. All of this is done by inflammation. And they can they study this. This is this is a no-brainer. This is already scientifically proven. The books you can read are The Mind-Body Connection by Dr. Candace Pert. You can read Body Keeps the Score. I don't remember who did that. Um, Soul Speaks by Julia Cannon. Dr. Sarno's Healing Back Pain. There's tons of information out there. And when you start to understand what your body is doing, you can then start talking to your body and go, "Eh -eh, we're not doing this. We're not doing the carpal tunnel thing today. We're not doing tennis elbow today. And and I've talked about this. And if you read these books, especially Soul Speaks and The Body Keeps the Score, it will break down exactly what part of the body is going to have that reaction based on the meridian of the body, which is an energy pathway, if you will. And then that pathway is also connected to a what is it? Uh, an organ. And then that organ has a specific energetic, emotional code to it. So everything is all interacted, right? So, so perfect example, and people can fight me on this, don't care. The breasts are an example of not taking care of, like not nurturing self. So the breasts are by way of energy, a nurturing energetic component, period. Okay, so when we don't nurture ourselves or when the people around us are not nurturing us, that is going to lend to issues with the breasts. Well, how many super women out there have breast cancer because they do it all. They don't need any help. They're not going to ask for help. They don't nurture themselves. They don't do self-care. And we see this and oh, no, Meredith, you don't understand. My mother had it. My grandmother had breast cancer. And then I would say back to them. And how much nurturing did they give themselves? How often were they nurtured or asked for nurturing? What is actually being passed down is the emotion and the the negative emotion, if you will, the negative emotional situation that is passed down maternally generation after generation after generation. When we deal with compartmentalized illness, again, plantar fasciitis, rheumatoid arthritis, ulcers, those are societally driven, uh, em- yeah, emotionally acceptable ways of checking out mentally by way of the physical reason that society will say, oh, well, yeah, you threw your back out. No worries. Just lay in bed all day with your feet up and eating bonbons because we get that. But if you're having a mental breakdown, we don't get that. That is not okay with us. And so the body uses, so the body uses your body to stay healthy. If you continue to ignore the signs and you stay in the abusive marriage, you stay in the abusive job, you stay in a negative situation, your body will continue to break down. One good way to prove this is I have clients who will call me because they have a stomach situation where they can't eat, they have diarrhea, they have um, IBS, whatever the situation is. And we work through that with emotional release And then they call me a month later and they're like, okay, you cured my stomach, but now I have leg pain. Now I'm getting migraines. Um, Now my eyes are blurry. And I'm like, yeah, because it moved. Because you're still believing it. You're still believing that you're actually sick. You're still believing that you have an actual physical ailment. 
and your brain is going, okay, crap, she's on to us about the stomach. So we need to still give her a reason to stay in bed all day because she's staying in this shitty marriage. And so now we're going to give her migraines, inflammation. Because what's underneath of it hasn't been dealt with, right? Is what you're saying, essentially. So it's the emotion that's basically your map of, hey, we need to move you in this direction. Hey, this is a problem. Hey, you can feel it in this part of your body. So this is, you know, so it's kind of like the cause and effect. So would you say the cause is some sort of emotional issue or dysregulation of sorts? And then the effect, is it manifesting itself in your body? Yeah, because they've sent it, they, you, your higher self, your physical body has sent this to you by way of emotion. So it it sends you, you don't like this. This doesn't feel good. I don't like being at this job or in this relationship, but you've ignored it. You stuffed it down. And as you stuff it down, those emotions don't just disappear. They enter the body. They become part of the sinew of your muscles and your, your joints and everything like that. It's not going away. You didn't work through it. You just stuffed it down and ignored it. But that's the thing is we can never ignore who we truly are, what we truly want, what we're truly about. That self of us, our higher self will not be denied. It will not be denied. And so first it starts off as an emotion. Then it starts off as a like a mental emotion, like anxiety, depression, whatever it is. Then it moves into the physical body as back pain, shoulder pain, carpal tunnel syndrome, et cetera. Then after that, it moves into more aggressive situations, cancer, or you know where the body is failing in some sort of way, or high blood pressure, or whatever the thing is, right? And then it'll start moving into killing you. It'll move into yeah. death. And a lot of these things happen, either they go the addiction route or they go the physical illness route. So if you're in your three-dimensional body and you're like, my parents treat me horribly, I know I'm actually a good person, then we destroy ourselves by way of addiction and drugs or drinking ourselves to death or some other you know, addiction personality. But if we go the other way and we're just like stuffing it down, either way, we're disassociating from who we truly are. And so the body and the, the soul, actually, your spirit says, good God, we've done everything to get this person to be so physically sick that they have to leave this negative situation and step into who they are truly meant to be in this timeline, at this time on this planet, and they refuse to listen So I guess what we're going to have to do is kill her. Exit plan. Exit plan, because then hopefully this knucklehead will be born into a new family and they will figure it out next time because they have zero intention of figuring it out in this time. So we're just going to evacuate this physical person and we're going to have them reborn into a a year from now or tomorrow. It doesn't, who knows? And that's what I always talk about. If you don't fix it now, you will come back. Just like if you don't fix your parental situation, if you had abuse in your in your in your nuclear family, what happens next is that you date a person just like your parent, and then you marry a person just like your parent. And every single one of these situations are an opportunity for you to heal yourself. You will just keep doing this over and over again in this lifetime, in the next lifetime. As, you know, ad infinitum until you learn what it is that you're supposed to learn to step into your true power on this planet. And when 
your spirit, your higher self knows that you are not doing your job. It will do everything to get you back on path, which I've talked about before, the hangover, right? The hangover is there to get you to stop drinking a gallon of vodka every night. It is trying to steer you back. Physical symptoms are trying to steer you back. Anxiety are trying to get you to recognize all of these things that are the rules, beginning of the conversation, the, the player's rules of, of what we have been given as far. I mean, this is the most difficult video game that we could be on. Other planets have mental telepathy and you can like just decide you're going to wake up in, in Florida in one second. Teleportation. We don't have all of that. This is tough, guys. This is difficult. But we and, and, and the problem is, is it's stupid subtle. But that's why we are slowly awakening and more and more people like me are getting these messages of, holy shit, pay attention to your emotions. Don't stuff them down. You don't have to be a lunatic mm -hmm. to them, but pay attention. It's your check engine light. And, you know, in America, especially, we are really good about cutting the check engine light as far as our bodies are concerned. We go in for migraines. They give us he headache medicine. That doesn't explain why I have a migraine. Am I dehydrated? Do I have a vitamin deficiency? Am I eating carbohydrates and absolutely no fruits and vegetables or protein all day? Do they ever ask that question at the doctor's office? Well, what do you eat? What do you drink? How often do you get outside? No, here's a medication. It's going to cut off the check engine light so you can continue. How's your stress levels? Is your marriage working for you? Nope, here's a prescription cut off the check engine light. And so we are very accustomed to not listening to ourselves, AKA gaslighting ourselves for the way that we feel. Because when we were children, we were told, I will give you something to cry about, or you're not hurt. Everything's okay. And so we've been programmed to literally ignore everything about ourselves. It's insane. Yes. It's insane. And I think it's it's so interesting what you're saying, too, because as you were talking, I just kept thinking about the person like what you just described that has a consistent headache, but they take Advil every day. They don't yep. ever try to figure out why do I have a headache? What could be bothering me? Can I work through these things? And then, like you said, you take the pill, you take whatever it is that they give you and you keep blocking you keep blocking your roadmap. You keep blocking the signals that are trying to move you in the right direction. So those signals get louder and louder and louder until you are at this place where you, know, you don't know where you are and you have such a big hole to dig out of. So I think that's such a, it's so interesting what you're saying and eating up every word, because I think the connection between our physical bodies and our emotions is not something that we talk about. It's just not something that we talk about. And I do feel, and I'm, I would imagine you do too, that this is going to be such a big topic moving forward um, in the future, because I think it's so much more recognized now than it's ever been. But it's so interesting to hear from your perspective, how you see it and how you look at it because you are so in tune energetically with that. So with that being said, I think a lot of people would love to hear how it is that you do what you do. How do you tap into that? How do you use the different senses that you've developed, whether that's feeling them in your physical body or, or all of the different things? How, how does that work for you? And I guess, what, is that, what does that look like? How could you explain that to us that don't necessarily have those developed features? Well, the one thing I want to just touch on before I move on is 
one thing that was really a poignant mo- for, moment for me in healing my physical body is we are not lotion deficient. We are not Advil deficient. We are not Tums deficient. There is something going on that is causing us to take these things or do these things. So when we have profoundly dry skin or we have something going on like acid indigestion every time we eat and we take a handful of Tums, you know, you're not Tums deficient. You have a situation that you really need to pay attention to. You don't want to quiet that. You want to find out why you're having that. And so back to your thing is, because I just want people to understand you're not medication deficient. And I think that's super huge because we just think we'll just take, keep taking medication. We'll just keep taking. And, and there's been a lot of doctors who have spoken out about the medication path. Well, first they put you on high blood pressure meds, and then they put you on cholesterol medication, and then they put you on antidepressants, and then it's anti-anxiety. And, you know, the list just keeps going on and on until you're dead. It's literally a medication pathway to death. And I'm not saying I'm a, I'm opposed to medication. I'm just saying if it were me, I would be figuring out what's causing me to have the situation because my body is screaming at me and I'm choosing to ignore it. So yeah. I hope that gives you a very good understanding that you are not Advil deficient, right? So moving on to how I use, this is going to go back to the meridian lines and it's going to go back to the organs um, that are activated by way of learning about them. So I have a very strong understanding of the energetic relationship to organs and body parts and emotions. And for example, if my right elbow starts to hurt, I understand that that is my body telling me that I am feeling helpless either with a woman in my life as it starts to hurt or um, my own feminine self, like say I'm having challenges being a mom or I'm feeling insufficient at, at motherhood or I'm having a problem with my mom or another female in my life that could cause my right elbow to hurt or my right arm. Like there's a weakness. It feels like it's sore, right? And so because I know this, it's, it's a part of my language and it's a part of my knowing I can look at my arm and go, okay, you're starting to hurt. And I know that that means that. So I need to look around my experience and say, why am I feeling helpless? And then address those things. So I literally use my body and allow my body to speak to it. To me, I listen to it, I address it, and then I go through it. I don't try to jump over it or stuff it down because that's going to truly allow my arm to stop hurting, right? So when I am in appointment with somebody spirit. So we're all one. Like I really truly believe that we are all sharing the same energy. We are all connected to the same source energy. So when I am in an appointment and therefore in conversation with my higher self and the other person's higher self or a channeled message, spirit is using my body to communicate messages to the person I'm sitting with. Okay. So Spirit uses my body to communicate what I'm actually going through to me in a regular day. But when I'm in appointment, it's using my body as a communication source. So instead of like speaking in my ear because I don't have a phone to spirit, 
they'll like all of a sudden start making my back hurt. And I'm like, okay, there's a fear issue going on. That's a kidney situation. Or my shoulders hurt. Uh Uh-oh, this person's feeling overwhelmed. Or they'll activate like like a vibration in my right foot, which is my signal for person is having a difficult time moving forward in their life. So every part of my body kind of has its own messaging system, if you will. Just another piece of information as I'm talking to them. So I'm saying... I see that you're um, your dad in my head. So I'm clairvoyant. So I get pictures in my head. So imagine if I said, I want you to imagine the scene in um, The Wizard of Oz when she comes out of her house after it lands, you know, after the tornado and she opens the door and she sees the wizard, you know, she sees the land of Oz and it's all in technicolor, right? Imagine that, right? You can all see that as I'm talking about it. She opens the door, it's dark in her house, and then she opens it and everything's full of color and there's flowers and you can see the yellow brick road spiraling. All of us can see that in our heads, right? Because I'm telling you to think about that. I'm referencing it. Well, with being clairvoyant, that means it's a sense of, it's a viewing, it's a seeing. I'll get pictures in my head and it's not always like completely clear Like, so for example, a dad will be above my head and he usually will have like dark hair and I can just tell he's a male figure because his hair is short. And then I go, okay, I'm talking, I see your father and then they might come closer. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, did your dad have bushy hair? Because then he'll change. So I've addressed the relationship of the person I'm referencing, but then all of a sudden they want to say, make sure and tell her that I have poofy hair. So they'll come and their hair will be huge. So I reference that. And then as soon as I reference that, they might put weight on my shoulders. And I'm like, oh, this is very overwhelming to you. So all of it is used as kind of like a communication tool Mm. between spirit and myself. So it might come in as pictures or videos. I might like, I have this one client one time that I was talking to and her dad just kept like jumping across the screen in like 1970s short shorts (laughs) like high white socks and tennis shoes and holding a tennis racket. I'm like, okay, first of all, your dad's the life of the party. And second of all, he's very into tennis. And she starts like freaking out. She's like, oh my God, you're so right. So like for me, I'm very, very good at relaying personality. They relay personality to me very easily. I pick up on personality very quickly. But so basically they're using visuals, they're using pictures, they're using movies in my head that have nothing to do with me. So there's no reason that I should be seeing in my head a guy jumping across my visual screen in my mind and thinking about, if you will, a guy in short shorts holding a tennis racket flying across my visual screen in my head, right? That has nothing to do with me. So I know that that's them. And so it's really understanding for me in appointment that this where I'm at right now and I'm very checked in, I'm I'm leaving kind of myself behind to relay messages to my clients. And so how did I start doing this is I didn't even know I was doing it. I had no idea that I was actually tapping into other people's energies, which I can do also yesterday. One of our workers, I'm here in Michigan working on a house and our workers like, how do you do that? And I was just like, okay. So I just decided to kind of jump inside of his young daughter. And I'm like, she loves going to McDonald's. And I told him a couple other things and he thinks, and she thinks your mom is like literally an actual princess, right? And he's like, oh my God, you're freaking me out. And so, you know, I think that we do that more often than not. I think we do jump inside of other people's energies when we are 
taking on their stress or our children. We're, quote, reading the room. When you're reading the room, what you're actually doing is you're jumping into the other people in the room and assessing where they're at. You're assessing their vibration. So what I'm doing is I'm very specifically going, okay, how does Allison feel right now? Okay, I'm going to really tap into that. But what other people do is they like try to assess the energy of the bubble that they share with another person or other people. And they're like kind of like doing slow little checks, little tiny checks around the room. Like what's the vibe of the room? That's a perfect perfect word. What's the vibe of this person? What's the vibe of the room? What do you think you're doing there? You're tapping into their energy. You're tapping into the situation. But I'm just very clear about it. I'm very intentional about it. I do have an entire class, Mediumship 101, because it can be, it can go badly. You know, I I think I've talked about it on here before. I actually tapped into someone who was missing. And unfortunately, because I didn't know how to do this, was very early in my career, over a decade ago, I tapped into someone who had been kidnapped. And I wanted to see if I could see where she was at. And that was prior to me knowing how to do this healthfully, properly, safely. And unfortunately, it put me into a very profound tailspin mentally because I was able to feel everything that she felt. And being trafficked is not something that you want to experience even mentally, even physically, even energetically. And so you don't want to do this without really understanding what you're doing. The little check-ins is fine, but even then, right? Like you should be siloed to your own energy and not absorbing everyone's energy. It's when you hear people say, God, I can't go to these like car shows. It's so exhausting. Or I hate going to big parties. It's so exhausting. Well, why is it exhausting? Because you're checking into everyone's energy, the entire party to make sure that like, is this person happy? Is this person mad? Is this person sad? You're not autonomous in that moment. So, you know, by way of being able to really tap into people, I'm very aware to not tap into people. I'm not trying to read the room. I'm not trying to read people's emotions and energies on the daily, which recently really bit me in the butt because I trusted someone that I shouldn't have because I am so like guarded with my energy. I am not tapping in, even though when I saw him, I was like, I'm not sure about this, but I thought, oh, you're just being ridiculous. No, I was actually on the money. They, and they ended up not being a great person And I didn't trust myself. So I think there's definitely a balance between, you know, trusting that energy and then kind of walling yourself off so that you're not constantly tapping into people all the time. Yeah. So how do you do that? How do you kind of step in and step out? And you you use the word silo yourself a lot, which I think is a good visual, you know, to imagine yourself in a silo and just individually, right? How are you able to do what you do? And still then be able to kind of check out of it or stop like I to me, because I'm not I can't do what you do. It's hard for me to you understand can. or imagine. All how can. You, do that. you can do what I do. You are doing what I do. It's just different. <laughs> so let's how do I explain it? So when I'm in appointment, I'm very intentional. I usually sit in the exact same seat. I have my notebook. And that's kind of like my key to my my brain, my body, my my higher self, the universe, that I am about ready to kind of check out of Meredithness. 
and I'm about to check into this new language. I, I tell a lot of clients, it's like, I'm over here speaking Spanish on one side of my brain, and then I'm relaying it to you on the other side of my brain. And so I'm kind of tapping in and, and interpreting, if you will. I'm just like a medium is an interpreter and a, and a psychic is mm. an interpreter of energy. So I'm interpreting I and I am very deliberate about being in the state of interpretation so that I don't incorporate my opinions or my views of life or the way I see things during appointment. Now, granted, I will say sometimes in my opinion, that means that what I just am about to say to you is my three-dimensional opinion by way of experience. But 99% of all appointments, 99% of the whole time that I am in that state of mind because of invitation by way of appointment or read me, read me, read me, which I don't do anymore. That is going to be me becoming an interpreter. You know, like when you see someone doing sign language interpretation or sign language, yeah, that would be an interpreter on stage. She's not having other conversations with people in the, in the seats. She is focused on interpreting everything that the person is saying. She's interpreting by way of sign language to her audience. She is focused on just bringing in that information through her ears and giving it out through her hands and sign language. And that is exactly what I'm doing in appointment. I think the problem where I'm at right now, because I live a very normal life. I live a very suburban life. I live a very three-dimensional life usually unless I've been invited by way of appointment to interpret. And I think right now I'm in this state where, or like right now with you, right? Like I'm in interpreter mode, right? Right. Why we're doing this is because so, like I told you, I don't even know what to talk to you about because I, I'm inside my own head. I don't know the questions to ask myself. I don't know what to interpret by way. They just can't. I mean, I'm not there yet. So where I'm at right now is when and how do I move from only interpreting in appointments and living a very three-dimensional life as Meredith the human, how do I kind of open myself up? And <laughs> they're like, you're doing it right this second, just so you know, you're inviting <laughs> us in all the time. Like literally they're laughing at me. Oh, the web we weave. Um, so it's, you know, it's how do I live a normal life, not feel compelled to give messages to people at, you know, Target or the grocery store, because that's not, or that hasn't been my jam. How do I kind of teeter back and forth when I am around someone that's negative, kind of opening myself up to that energy, allowing that energy in? allowing myself to pick up on it and then act on it in a three-dimensional way. And what they're showing me in this very moment is they're like, Meredith, what you're going through is just on a different scale of what the entire planet is going through because that's exactly where we're taking you. We're taking all of you on a ride. You're just doing it very obviously because you have a situation and they're like, that's exactly, I swear to God. <laughs> They're like, why do you think we just had this whole situation happen with you? We wanted you to understand that you need to be way more open in your three-dimensional self and trust that interpreter part of you, that channeled part of you all the time, because we're about, we're on the precipice of living 
very five-dimensional. I mean, I can't believe they're giving this message right now. We're on the precipice of this five-dimensional reality. And so as you start living your 24-hour days as the interpreter, I can't even. So is everyone else. People, if you looked at it, you might say, well, Meredith said a level 10 in this interpretation and everyone else is a level eight. So as I go to 12, everyone else goes to 10. As I go to 13, everyone else goes to 12. So it's kind of like, as I go, as the universe, we all are going, not by way or because of me, but just that's the obvious. They're just showing me like, this is just your, it's so obvious to you because you check in and check out so profoundly where we need you to just check in all the time. And actually my mentor, Shirley, the animal communicator on TikTok, she told me this months ago that I needed- I was just thinking that. Yep, she needed, she told me the exact, you need to stop compartmentalizing and just be- Hmm. They just said the leader that you are. Hmm. That's nice. That's really sweet. I love that. Mayor. I love that. I, love yeah. that. I usually don't get messages. This, like and this, this is from so myself. true. Yeah, this is so true. You know, I mean, and how can we all right? If we don't have someone to look to, to say, okay, what's my, you know, if I'm in kindergarten, how do I look up and say, how do I get to first grade? How do I get to second grade? Right? Like you need someone who can pull you through to that. And I do feel so strongly that we are there right now. So the fact that this is coming up and that, you know, this is the conversation that we're having, I think is just where it's supposed to be. It's kind of amazing. Like, and I'm, I'm like watching it, like, cause I'm in a very three-dimensional space right now. And it was funny because I was starting to get very bogged down in my three-dimensional self because I'm dealing with remodeling a house and making decisions and money and, you know, plywood or particle board or, you know, tile, like it's very three-dimensional, right? And I was kind of getting depressed. I felt myself like getting very heavy inside of that space. And then I had an appointment. I think it was with you. (laughs) I was just going to say, wasn't this like what our exact appointment was about two days ago? (laughs) (laughs) And I called my husband and I was like, Oh, thank God I got back to 5D Meredith because I had an appointment. I feel so much better. Like it's, and see, they're like, yeah, right now they're like, duh, clarity. That's what we're trying to show you. Like you're checking in and checking out of who you are, but who you are really is fed by delivering messages and inspiring people and staying checked in. That's the message right here is staying checked in in your five-dimensional experience while maintaining the avatar but they're saying in this moment we're we're right in the space where we're going to be doing both we're going to be acting out our spiritual presence in a very five-dimensional way by way of our earthly three-dimensional physical bodies which they're saying in this moment is going to change everything because as we lean into the five-dimensional self, our bodies will actually follow. I mean, it's just breathtaking to watch in my head. Because they're saying your head is what's keeping you three-dimensional. The way you exist, the way you think, the way you, you interact with everybody is the leadership of the sickness of your body, is the heaviness of your body. Your body, I mean, it's fucking amazing. Your body is not even three-dimensional. 
your body is made up of air and water and particles and atoms and protons and neutrons. So as you believe yourself to be in communion, their word, with your spiritual self, your higher self, your source energy, your body will automatically follow suit. And what they're showing me in this is if you were to look at, they have a lot of these on TikTok that I've seen where people have a glown up, it's a glow up where people are like in a bad relationship and they have like deep lines in their faces and their scowl, their brows or whatever they look, they look tired, right? And then they leave that relationship. They get the job that they want. They start traveling the world and they like lose like 40 years on their face. They're like, that's it. That's the thing. So as your mind changes, as your heart changes, as you step into the true form of self, which is spirit, your body will follow suit. They're like, you will never see cancer ever again in probably 10 years. Cancer will not exist. Cancer exists because we are not following our spiritual path. Oh, I love when they show up because it makes my job so much easier. Just like keep talking to me because it's making this podcast so much simpler. (laughs) Bring it on. Bring it on. So good. But they're like, hey, like if you if you want to keep compartmentalizing back and forth from three dimensional to five dimensional. And and actually they're they're laughing at me. They're like, it's not even five dimensional. They're like, it's like 13th dimension. That is true connection and communion to source. Like you're in the 13th dimension. Like that is like you are vibrating at such a high frequency. I just saw something the other day and it was like a video about something that these people were getting headaches because of a frequency. And that's kind of how it feels when you start tapping into spirit is like, it feels like anxiety because you're, 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 you're vibrating, your vibration, your frequency is very kind of dense. And so as I started to have conversations with spirit and tap into that, it is a very high frequency and that can cause rapid heart rate, shortness of breath, feels like you're having an anxiety attack, tiredness, because what you're doing is you're actually elevating your frequency to be able to talk to something that has no body. Because if you think about what I'm doing, I am having a conversation with something that has no physical body. How do I do that? Well, I have to be able to commune with them at their frequency and their frequency does not have a physical body. So how high do I need to get to check into that? Like, as I'm sitting here having this conversation and I'm laughing over here going, oh my gosh, they're showing me this and showing me that. It's as real as if someone's sitting here talking to me. It is that profoundly real. I'm like, it just comes, right? And so where do I have to be to be able to hear them or understand them? And then I get back in my physical body and I go, oh my God, I need a hamburger, french fries, a Coke, and I need to go deal with floors, (laughs) right? And then I check back out. But it's so funny because like when my contractor was asking me about his daughter the other day and he was like basically testing me, which I'm okay with. He's so sweet. I instantly can feel myself checking back into my Meredithness. I can feel myself in the kitchen mm-hmm. as we were talking. And I was just like, way up here, you are yourself. Right. And so that's kind of, and what they're showing right now is this kind of falling away of society that we're feeling right now, like the financial situation and changing what our focus is, is like, you can't have it both ways, right? You can't sit there and be like, oh my God, I want to like, just be very in communion with like, you know, the channeling and aliens and all of these higher power selves. And I meditate 32 times a day 
And then I get in my Ferrari. Like, it's kind of like you're teetering on both sides. They're like, if you want to head in that direction, the what they're showing me is that there's been such a demand from the collective to move into this direction of the five dimension, right? The fifth dimension. And we need to, right? To elevate the frequency of the earth because storms, damage, like it's the whole thing. Everything is connected. The earth is connected to our emotions, is connected to the way we live our lives, et cetera. And so as we're moving towards that, the three-dimensional needs to dissolve a bit. We can't have it sort of both ways. You can't sit there and worship a Gucci belt and at the same time be like, oh my God, I want to be so zen. Oh my God, I just love it so much, right? Like, it's just like, they don't go hand in hand. So mm-hmm. the collective has been what has is bringing this about, the collective energy. Yes. It makes so much sense. And I feel it so much. I was thinking about and it, for anyone who's listening and not watching this. <laughs> I love watching you when you get when you're in like major connection mode, because your whole persona lights up. You're kind of like you to describe it for people that can't see it. You, you kind of she just sort of like looks up back and forth a little bit, like almost like somebody up there is talking to you, but I can tell that you're looking inside, which is so cool to watch. And the energy that comes out of you just visually is so beautiful. And like, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, at some points when you were really like what it was really coming through so strongly, like it almost brings me to tears because it's such a beautiful energy and I love it so much. And I just want to share that with anyone who is not watching this physically. And you can watch this, I believe on YouTube. Yeah, right. It'll be on YouTube. Yeah. My yeah, friend, when so she comes good. over, she would laugh because when she would ask me questions, like sometimes she'll ask me, you know, questions about stuff like this. She says my my eyes actually shake back and forth. She said they vibrate. Like I'll look to the side and it'll just like go like start shaking really fast, which mm. I, I, I don't know. I think I check out of my physical self. And so I kind of I'm like looking around the room, which a lot of times if I'm in appointment with people on Zoom, I have to explain to them I'm not not looking at you. I'm just kind of looking up here somewhere. You're tapping so in. I'm tapping in. And if I like focus on you too much, it like takes me kind of out of that thought process. I start thinking about your yeah. face or your hair or, you know, the way you're looking at me. And so it allows me to kind of stay into that channeled space. But that was fun. That was so fun. My God, I feel like that the time just went like nothing. Like that was amazing. Wonderful messages hit home in so many ways, I hope with so many people and just inspiring. It's just awesome to be able to have these conversations with you and to hear what comes through and how every, I love that we started somewhere and, you know, we went on this journey and it, how it all just kind of clicked, clicks together in this beautiful circle at the end, which I love it. It's all always, always meant to be. Like literally in one hour, we just described the transformation from, you know, home of sapus erectus to slurter dish to <laughs> the 13th dimensional floaty, no illness in 10 years. That was, we just watched that happen from this yeah. to that, like literally in one hour. This is what it's, this is what the next, you know, decade or so is going to look like. So buckle up. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. We'll just we'll be, be here like next recording. No, no worries. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Allison, for taking part in this. We need to figure out what we're doing with this podcast because I have too much fun with it. Got to figure out how so we're going to so much fun. And you know what? It's I love the fact that you're like posing the questions and 
you bring your curiosity because if you're curious about these things, I'm sure so many other people are. So, you know, stay with us. We'll be here again next week. I'm super excited about this series. I've got a lot of good feedback about it. And Allison, let's do this again next week. What do you think? Let's do it. I'm here for it. I love it. All right. Bye guys. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.